Hello, Anders. Hey, how are you, man? I'm doing great. This is Renee with Neto Anders. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks for taking some time out to talk about uh, your new album coming out, uh, which is titled Editor and Bio on November 27th. Wait, one moment, I'll try to find a better spot. I'm okay. in a hotel. Uh, oh, okay. Basically. Uh, you were nobody else's. Uh, do you hear me now? Yes, I hear you now, yes. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I, I'm literally in a hotel lobby. Oh, gotcha. Because the connection is better in the lobby than in the room, so... Maybe so. Uh, so... Yeah, no, yeah, I've been, uh, yeah, we basically... We recorded a lot of songs in 2019, and, uh, two recordings were done, and, um... That resulted in the album and the EP, basically. And um, things were supposed to be released in the other other way around, but uh, because of all the extraordinary things that happened this year, the, we switched it around. So um, the EP was first, and then the album. So, but anyway, you're right. It's uh, uh, it's been a very creative time, and. Um, I'm really happy to finally get to uh, play this music for people so they can see what we've been up to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, were the all these songs written in the same time period, like, you know, recently since 2019? Or have you been working on these albums uh, for the past few years? Uh, no, yeah, no, we've been working on it since 16, basically. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's been a little bit... Um, stop and go because uh, involvement with other projects and stuff but um, when they finally uh, had uh, enough time to uh, finalize songs and uh, you know figure out what was supposed to be on the album etc we um, were pretty efficient the recording time for the whole thing the actual recording was maybe about 14 full recording days or something and then you know, mix came later, but we wanted everything to feel fresh and uh, not overproduced and uh, make it uh, exciting. So that's what we aim to do. Right. And that's something to that uh, is very refreshing. It seems more bands are heading kind of in that direction to where they're not overproducing their albums. They're, they're aiming for a little bit more raw or live sounding feel. I think that's a great idea you know it all also has to do with with musicianship when you have a drummer like Dirk Ferber and playing the drums it's uh, it would be insane to uh, you know not take advantage of his uh, pure creativity and his uh, pure energy you know that's uh, where all the best music comes from it's not supposed to be thought out uh, way too much is all about feelings so if it feels right it's right basically right and so you know for since you know uh you did have a pause in 2004 and now you're of course back with you know with so much to give uh, this time around like you mentioned you do have dirk uh verberin how did y'all guys come together i mean how did y'all meet up and you know kind of embark on this journey here uh it began in 2014 when he was sitting in Ross visitor on the 70,000 songs of the cruise festival and um, 
as he was doing that, he was on he was on that boat with solo work and doing satirical interviews. He was obviously very busy playing with two bands on the same same um, uh, round, but uh, we got enough time on our sleep to you know talk about music and, and whatnot. So I discovered that he was a huge Cadaver fan. And uh, at that time, I had uh, lots of ideas and songs sitting around. So he was just spontaneously, yeah, just send all the riffs to me and I'll drum on it. So he has his own studio set up. So I could just send him stuff and he would drum on it. And suddenly it just clicked and I realized that this is the guy I've been looking for without looking for him. That's <laughs> right. So, uh, without him, it would be like uh, this is now. You know, throughout that period, when, when this was happening, there was no Megadeth in his life either. So, uh, it's been a crazy ride where, you know, he, he went from being a very uh, important drummer in the Swedish death metal band to drum for one of the biggest metal bands of all time. And uh, we, but we, we have our own little corner where we are just uh, even me and, me and creativity is uh, something you cannot control if you're in the right mood with the right people. It just happens and then you just write stuff and that's what all musicians really want you know to create new stuff and be excited about it so it's all about that and that's the core issue why we do this so i think it's perfect for us to have this as our truly creative outlet for the both of us yeah very cool now uh with these new songs did y'all co-write these songs together or did you have the majority of the material already written uh, it's been i mean without back and forth for arrangements and uh, especially drum arrangements and all that it's, it wouldn't be like it is so uh, it's uh, a true collaboration for sure so uh, yeah, drums are such an important uh, instrument to this kind of music I think this kind of music is where drums really becomes the uh, factor that makes, makes or breaks stuff because if you have a great drummer doing this Dirk is truly one of the top five drummers in the whole world for metal, I would say, you know, uh, or even top three or top one, I don't know, but I mean, for me, uh, it's such a different thing if it was a different drummer, you know, it's, drums is, is the core issue of metal, I think, you know, things, people think about the guitars and the riffs, but I mean, without the, the right drums to it, it would, you know, be so different look at anyone, you know, like early World Angel with a different drum than Pete's uh, Sotheball is a very different scenario. Slayer with Dave Lombardo to me is totally different from Slayer with anyone else, uh, stuff like that. So drummers are the key to originality and spark and flame with music uh, as metal. Right, yeah, it de definitely does give that, that extra, you know, I mean, with, without a good drummer, you're right, it, it's would just be any other band. <laughs> yeah, or not really worth it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, from your your newest album, you've also you just released uh, two weeks ago uh, one of your singles. Now, how did that concept for that video come about? It's uh, the story is that it begins with uh, us doing a photo shoot in during the first recording period in 2019. Uh, Missy Stell, who's the brain and the creator behind MM Custom Arts, 
she was there doing the props for our photo shoot and uh, the create creativity just clicked and we immediately started to talk about uh, doing a video and I had like a vision of them some them just doing like a, a ritual and uh, I didn't really say anything else I just wanted to have like a ritual done uh, because the song is about uh, religion and rituals and how we will, you know, humankind always try to manipulate the elements of the world around us without really knowing what we do, basically. Right. And to have that, have that materialize with uh, their costumes and the kind of timeless need for spirituality, that's what I was aiming for. Uh, they really pulled it off, so I'm really happy about the result. Yeah. It's one of the very few videos where you put, you know, you click on YouTube and it says... You, are you sure you want to watch this video because it's very graphic? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's due to a little bit of nudity, you know? Right. Which is kind of ironic, uh, but it's, it's never going to stop. I mean, people are, you can see man boobs, but you can't see with your female boobs, and it's still a thing. I have no idea why we are so stupid, but Right. Humans are just uh, not capable of uh, looking at bodies without thinking something. So we're just uh, helpless. Yeah. Species. Yeah, unfortunately. So all, all, the, all the morals that goes into this is uh, hypocrisy upon hypocrisy, you know? Yeah. No. So, uh, what can you do? You know, it's uh, YouTube is a uh, Google company and all these companies just control our lives unfortunately and uh, all the morale in the world yeah for sure but you know looking at the comments it seems the fans are really digging this new song they're really enjoying it now for you yeah, yeah, cool. yeah for you as a musician is there any is that something that you worry about re you know releasing on the the new single from you know your new album is it something that you think about it's like are if the fans are going to be receptive to it or you just put it out because you know that it's a, it's a good song uh, I never really worry about how people are looking at things to be honest because if I if I really really like it and people around you know in the project really like it we just know that that's going to work for um, our kind of uh, people and uh, it's not supposed to work for everybody anyway it's not mainstream so yeah there's always going to be people, be people that don't enjoy it or don't like it or don't appreciate it or whatever. But I mean, I never got into this kind of music before and become popular like that. You know, that would be <laughs> the wrong way to put it. You know, right? You don't do you don't do extreme uh, out of uh, the ordinary kind of stuff, thinking that this will, you know, be. Um, uh, something that my mom can relate to. Or <laughs> right. like, you know, it's a total, total different place. Yes, I understand. Now, was the, is there going to be a plan to release another single before the album comes out in November? Yes, there is a video, new, another video, a very different video coming uh, on the song called Reborn. So that's going to be out in late uh, October. Oh, okay. Very nice. Right. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. Now, you've been around for, you know, 
uh, over 30 years, which is, I mean, an accomplishment for any band and musician. You know, looking back on your previous albums, how do you think Edder and Bile compares to those? Uh, to me, it's like a uh, fresh uh, start and uh, a way to, you know, develop uh, the band into the future more than anything else, you know. Um, having the catalog means also that we can play songs that people haven't heard live before in concert versions of what we're doing and even maybe re-record some old, the old, really, really older stuff because it's been kind of hidden away or lost in time. So I have like a, a small vault of unused ideas and bits and pieces to take from as well, which is great to have. So I just want to develop the Kadabi universe into being something, a creative playground for me to move forward with and uh, to, you know, enjoy. And uh, hopefully more and more people will, you know, enjoy the same thing and we can be able to go out and play live when this pandemic is over and uh, play places we've never played before and all that stuff and festivals. There's so much things we can do. Uh, it's just kind of limitless, which is nice to know. Yeah, for sure. Now, it, and, and, and would that be one of the things that, uh, you know, taking some of those old songs and re-recording them, is that something that you've always thought about doing? Or is this just something that now because of you have Dirk and it seems like you have a solid, you know, foundation now that is this something you're able to do? Yes, more than latter, yeah. Because uh, there's also, you know, we, we had some bad contracts in the past, so, so some of the music is lost in bad uh, record contracts from the late 80s, beginning of the 90s, where uh, the uh, ownership of recordings are kind of lost in time. And uh, there's been so many bootlegs and things as well, which... Uh, I really, I really like to restore our past, but I really, at the same time, I really, really want to look forward. But there's a lot of interesting things we can do, both with reissuing or re-recording some stuff. But most of all, get the you know new stuff done, which is most exciting. You know, I never uh, there there was some there was this festival like online festival called Slay at Home uh, with. Uh, Metal Injection. Oh, yes. So we, we did some live recordings so some old songs for that, and that made me realize that there's, you know, there's songs we, we have in the catalog that might uh, be uh, interesting to have in, a, you know, in those versions, so yeah, new versions or live versions. So yeah. Know, well, that's very nice to be... I mean, at least you're able to, you know, having uh, some of those back catalogs in the kind of in the back pocket in the sense to where you're able to maybe improve on it or change it a little bit. Sure. That is, I mean, in, in the film industry, they always make like remakes 30 years later or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, music is kind of in the same position because there's, you know, there's expressions and ways things are recorded in the past. Uh, that you might want to move 
forward from or you had some great ideas that didn't really come through in the right way or there's all kinds of ways to look at it but you know when you're making music why I like I'm writing I'm kind of writing around in the same same uh, uh, landscape as I've done in the past and there might be things that I recognize from my own writing and I'm like, oh well, that's my own riff that I can twist it a little bit around and make a new one from it so I'm always doing that. Anyway, I think that's the key issue to how to be an original artist and to have your own voice, basically, is to find that, find your own voice within the framework of music, basically. Yeah. yeah. One of the hardest things for a band to do is to, you know, not only become known, but, you know, just become known worldwide, which you've been able to do with Cadaver. Uh, what do you think has contributed to that? I mean, you're going past 30 years as a band. Uh, I think it's, you know, in metal, it's very good to become vintage. So time just uh, helps you. And uh, being one of the earliest bands in the genre, we, we have room to do things which, you know, the, the, the room was much bigger, was much bigger back then because there was literally less music and bands in the genre so you could play much more around the concepts and I think uh, the advantage of being a band that's been around for a long time is that you can think of your music in a broader sense than uh, maybe modern bands that kind of lock themselves into a much more narrow uh, genre field uh, or they try to be too wide you know there's a fine balance so you need to figure out who you are, where you are doing your thing the best, and hopefully get as many as, as possible with you on that term. And that's really what it's all about, you know. Right. So, and one thing which is an advantage is, of course, of course, the band name at in the eighties there were still good names to pick from, like one name, like one word names. Right. Now, nowadays, if you have want to have a one-word name for your band that's not been taken, good luck to you. you know? <laughs> right, for sure. Uh, I've seen all your band Brett or something. Yeah, it's a or it's high, or, like, <laughs> loser. <laughs> yeah, there's not many I'm to choose from. Yeah, hard. Yeah. Now, when what all this band came, like you know, with with all these bands that came for uh, uh, sometime, there was like bands with like. Name was a full sentence as I lie dying. Yes. You know, band, it's like that. I didn't even understand it was a band name until I was like, oh, that, that is the band's name. Okay. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> I, that's just an example. You know what I mean? Like, right. Ask Alexandria. Ask Alexandria. I'm like, who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm feeling old when I say that. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, things have definitely have changed. Uh, and yes. yeah, and speaking of change, one of the things that I've seen that at least in Europe, uh, some of the restrictions have started to ease up a little bit. Is are you by any chance starting to maybe plan a tour later this year, or early next year? Uh, yeah, we have. We have announced the show. Um, you there? Yeah. Yes. And we announced the show in Oslo. December. Oh, okay. Um, so we, we were able to play live uh, in front of 200 people sitting uh, 
with a meter between them. So we'll, we'll do that to celebrate the, the album. But we actually have a tour in February, March, sitting in like a European tour, which has been moved one time already for this. It's going to be with Atheist, which uh, I don't know. It has, you know, if you never plan for something to come up next year, it might, you know, never. It feels like this is taking forever, but uh, at, at some point in time, things are going to get more back to normal. And uh, as we know, what nobody knows when that is, but uh, we have to plan for it. So uh, it's not like oh, suddenly we have to make a tour from scratch and then spend another half a year to wait. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things which is unpredictable right now. So. We're planning things, but we never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. It's probably not Oh, very nice. Very good. So, you know, it's speaking about uh, making plans or as a musician, you you always have to have an outlet. And for you, you know, and for a lot of musicians, it's hard not to be able to play live and, and get out there on the road. So how have you been keeping yourself busy? Well, I've been busy, first of all, surviving cancer this year. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. No, no, it's uh, not sorry because I, I'm, I'm cancer-free. Oh, excellent. I, I, I got colon cancer diagnosed one year ago, so I actually spent half first half year just with surgery and chemo. So when COVID came, I was already, you know, getting back out from a serious illness. So to me, that, uh, it didn't really matter that the world stopped because I stopped anyway. Right. So everything's... Uh, summer, I've been busy planning those video clips, making new demos, rehearsing, and you know, time just goes by anyway. You know, you just keep yourself busy, be creative, and time flies. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're doing better. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. That's a good thing. You know, uh, of course, you know, the exciting thing is that, you know, you have your editor and bio coming out on November 27th, so there is some pre orders up, you got some vinyl coming out. Uh, what else can fans do to hunt, to support Cadaver during this time? Well, we have some merch stores and stuff like that too. So there's new merch coming out uh, along with the album, and uh, hopefully we'll actually start looking into recording another album within within uh, the next half year. I think because we're already deep into uh, new demos and stuff like that, so uh, we're always kind of trying to be ahead of the curve. So Right. Always have so, something uh, in your pocket. Yes, for sure. It's so important to develop and uh, move, move on. Yeah. Very nice. That's a good, that's good to hear. You know, so before we end our conversation, is there anything else that you would like to promote for the band or a- any last parting words before we finish up? No, yeah, I want to say that uh, I want to really thank everybody who's been supporting all uh, her stuff during this time and... Uh, Hopefully we'll be out there playing live again, and uh, I hope to see as many as possible when we do that. And uh, until then, enjoy the album and uh, the video videos, and uh, get some merch and spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, Anders, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. I wish you the best on uh, your new release, and yeah, stay healthy out there. Thank you very much. Thanks. You take care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.